good evening from Plunkett Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 553 of F5 Live, refreshing technology for Sunday, March 8th, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, some Philips Hue bridges are going dark, online stores are banning products, and 5G is limiting television. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, our live stream platforms, Livestream.com, Mixer, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, uh, on the radio or on our website, PluckIt'sLive.com, thank you for making us a part of your day. There are now three ways that you can do that. The first is you can join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us during the show and give your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Or you can listen on uh, 88.1 WMLD radio in the New York area or through their website Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. Or, of course, you can always subscribe at pluckitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Pluck It's Live Presents, and more. And, of course, find all the ways that you can watch or listen, including all the things I just mentioned. So, Abram, how are you doing this week? All right. You know, um, I guess we'll we'll get to this in the Pilch Point segment uh, later, but I am definitely concerned that at some point... Uh, at some point soon, I may be working from home a lot uh, because uh, even though my job is flu- is pretty understanding of that, if I want to work from home from time to time, I really hate to do it. Uh, but with everything that is going on in the world right now, um, in New York right now, uh, with coronavirus, it would not surprise me. Uh, if at some point, uh, if at some point our company decided to close the office or strongly, strongly encourage us not to come, um, as long as other, as my coworkers are coming, I'm coming cause, uh, there's no reason for me not to, but, um, and I, and I like to, uh, but, um, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little, um, distressing I yeah. think to me and everybody but one thing that we'll talk about in, in my segment are some tips for uh, working working from home and I want to just throw in there for anyone who's listening live if, if you're on I would like to hear your tips for working from home because I don't have all the answers I just have some tips and uh, I myself could use uh, could also use some advice sure uh, because I'm not one who ends up working from home a lot, uh, you know, and uh, I'd like to uh, and I have I have a sneaking feeling that at some point it could be, hey, you're going to be working from home for a week or two weeks or sure. something like that. Or, yeah. Or three weeks. So. Um, so I, I'd uh, I'd love to uh, to to get every other's feedback as well. For sure. And so if you're listening live. Uh, at f5live.tv slash join us or you're on Mixer or Twitch or YouTube, uh, comment and let us know some of the tools that uh, you have used if you have. 
Um, if you're not listening live, that's okay. Um, find uh, the Pilch Point on Facebook or find us on Twitter at Plug Hits Live and, uh, and let us know some of the tools because uh, you'll be helping us prepare <laughs> for a possible, uh, or in Abram's case, what sounds like a potential inevitability of, uh, of ourselves working from home. Uh, obviously, I kind of work by myself most of the time anyway. Um, but you know, I work with other people and being able to, uh, uh, communicate better is always a better thing. So definitely let us know, um, uh, about that. Sorry. I blanked for a second. <laughs> um, also as a, as a reminder this weekend, this Friday, uh, we will be at the F Orlando FRC regional, uh, it is assuming it happens, uh, cause we have been watching, uh, we've been watching first competitions get delayed and canceled, uh, all over the world. Um, Australia has postponed two of them. I think we've seen six so far in the U S get postponed, uh, or canceled in the case of first tech challenge. Um, so hopefully we will be there Friday and then, uh, we will be right back to normal Sunday night. Uh, here on the show, which is a change for those of you who have been longtime listeners. Normally, when we do an away show uh, for a weekend, we don't come back to the studio that that same weekend. But things are changing because we have new distribution. We're on the radio. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> our schedules have to change a little bit to accommodate that. And uh, that's fine because, you know, I think Avram and I at one point were taking so many so many weekends off we were starting to miss each other i think last i think yeah, last yeah. year we had one block where we had like three or four weekends in a row we were off for various reasons and yeah yeah that's we were really missing each other so yeah 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 that's that's not good so yeah i mean it's 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 important to be on obviously you do the real work you know setting up the studio i just dial in so uh one of my work from home tips for myself will be uh clean clean up and then it'll that'll be my my uh contribution to a better looking <laughs> show oh i remember do you remember when we first i know this is a little off for a second but do you remember when we first started doing video and we just had that weird green thing behind us in yeah. the studio oh interestingly uh, the TV that's here that uh, if you're watching live, you can see it uh, that you're on is the same TV that you've been on since day one. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, at least it's flat panel. It could be it's so long. It could have been CRT or something. It's, it's not CRT, but it is definitely uh, a bulb backlit. It is not LED backlit. It is still kind of heavy, <laughs> but uh We've talked that there's a bit of a bit of a change coming to the studio in the near future, and I have a feeling that the screen might be seeing a seeing a replacement, but that's okay. Um, anyway, uh, there's a lot to talk about this week, so uh, let's get down to some news. Mm -hmm. 
This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new uh, laptop or a tablet, maybe VR or AR headsets, um, or you're looking for some remote uh, work from home technology like Microsoft Teams, uh, there's a whole lot to be found at the Microsoft Store. Uh, and it's not just Microsoft branded stuff. There's games for your Xbox. There's uh, there's Samsung phones and a whole lot more. And uh, if you're an active student or uh, military, you get a 10% discount on almost all products. And you can find all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So um, we've talked in the past, oftentimes from the perspective of gaming, about the side effects of uh, cloud services. We'll, I'll, I'll age this back many years now uh, to when, um, when EA shut down Playfish and um, a whole bunch of games went with it that people had put money and time into. Um, that was kind of the beginning of, you know, some real public annoyance with the concept. Since then, we've seen all kinds of things uh, from, you know, little investments like games through big investments like a smart thermostat when uh, when Johnson Controls took uh, a lot of the features out of their glass thermostat maybe six months ago, um, you know, the things that people had bought the product for. And this week, we've got another product uh, that has announced an end of life, um, and that is the Philips Hue Bridge. Now, it's important to note that it's the round one, not the square one. It's the first generation from uh, 2012. Uh, back then, the Philips Hue line only supported Zigbee. There was no Bluetooth in the ecosystem, so the only way to be able to communicate with the devices was through the hub. Why that was is beyond me. Um, but uh, since then, the they continue to communicate with each other via Zigbee, but then you can also one-to-one -one control them via Bluetooth. But it does mean that with the end of support for the, for the bridge um, comes the end of cloud support for any products connected to it, which means that you won't be able to access your lights or anything like that when you're not directly connected to the bridge, which kind of defeats a lot of the purpose. Um, and, you know, I know technology is changing, especially in the smart home. You know, companies are learning lessons and Philips was was pretty early into the into the product category, right? Because, I mean, that was that was eight years ago that they they released their first uh, bridge. Um, but it does show that, you know, a purchase may not be as long-term of a purchase as things used to be, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the problems with smart home is that, well, I mean, I think people have a uh, greater expectation for longevity of their home appliances than they do for longevity of their of their electronics. Um, sure. So this is something that kind of crosses over. Now, granted, the actual time span of how long people hold on to PCs and phones has gotten longer and longer uh, as 
old stuff has has gotten better to the point where eh, maybe I don't need to replace my phone every two years. Maybe sure. I don't need to replace my PC every three. But um, you know, the expectation with like home appliances is you know decades, right? I'm expecting to use, you know, I'm hoping not to replace my washing machine for like 20 years. I'm hoping not to replace my um, you know, hoping not to replace my dishwasher for like 20 years, whatever. So um, you buy a lighting set and then you lose the functionality on that lighting set after a certain number of years. You said it started in 2012. When was the last time they actually sold it? Um, so the second generation of the bridge came out in 2016. So there were four good years of... Uh, of sales of these bridges. So there's probably still right. a lot of that so, out there. So people were probably buying, people were buying these just four years ago. Uh -huh. Right. And so you lost, if you bought it four years ago, you lost support after four years. That's, that's pretty bad. Uh -huh. um, you know, it, it really kind of calls attention to how how much do I need um, so support for what I'm doing? You know, does my does my stuff have to be constantly updated? You know, is this something where there's where there's going to be issues? And I worry about anything, any smart home device that is cloud that is reliant on the cloud, mm -hmm. right? That that will only work in you know in the cloud so i you know i do wonder like i have a bunch of smart sockets smart outlets right mm -hmm. uh and i i gotta wonder you know what if the companies that made them decide ah eh, i'm not gonna be bothered to support the one that i that i made three four five years ago sorry you mm -hmm. know i'm or that company goes out of business or somebody buys them and they don't feel an obligation to continue to support, to support those devices. So it is frustrating that you could have devices that are, are end of life um, when it's something that you really need active support to continue, to continue working. You know, if, um, if the company that makes my microwave oven stops supporting it, like it doesn't matter, it's disconnected. Mm -hmm. um, but if the company that makes my my lights or my bulbs that control the lights or the bridge that controls the bulb that controls the lights um, stop supporting it, well, you know that's just that's just really uncool. Yeah. So. Um, and look at, you know, I'm not you know, really sure what the ta talking about, you know, quick turnaround on, on dropping support. Look at the, uh, it's kind of my new, you know, the Sim city social was my go-to for a long time, but I think John, the Johnson controls glass is going to be my go-to, uh, my new one. Um, cause it was announced, announced, uh, I think January 4th of 2018. It didn't come out. It was supposed to come out in like March and it didn't come out until like July or something like that. Um, it premiered at $350 because 
well, it has that transparent screen, which is beautiful, but it had Cortana built in. It had the ability to control, um, to then connect to uh, Alexa through that. You could voice control the thermostat, have the have the temperature go up and down just by talking to the thermostat. You didn't have to have a smart speaker around or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, 350 bucks was a pretty, pretty good price for something like that. Um, so that would have come out in like July of 2018. Um, by September of 2019, they removed all the built-in voice commands. They removed Cortana. Uh, and all of a sudden, this $350 thermostat was eh, just another thermostat so uh, that that was yeah. like a little over a year before they abandoned all the things that that were why people bought it yeah that's that's the thing so i mean i guess it's helpful if you look for things that are that are like a direct that are somehow a direct connection um, yep. to there's somehow you can either control, I mean, that are not so dependent on a cloud service. I think, I think certainly helps. Um, but a lot of the better things out there are dependent on a cloud service. Right. So, cause it's, I mean, the, I, I assume you know, that's, that even, that's part of how you, how you get the ability to do things externally, right? Is is by going through a thing. Yeah. Not necessarily. You can open ports on your router and be able to have direct access to it. Um, but not everybody's going to do that. <laughs> we, we know that. Not everybody's going to do that. Um, but so the, the easy way to solve that is through a cloud service. And uh, that means you're dependent on whether or not that ecosystem continues to exist. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's also unfortunate because uh, Philips is still around. So this would definitely give me, leave a bad taste in my mouth if I was thinking of buying Philips Hue products. Like, sure. this not like the company went out of business. Right. They're still around. They're still selling updated products. So they could have chosen to maintain the support and just chose not to. Yep, exactly. And, you know... The, the company, uh, well, it's, I, uh, Philips Hue isn't made by Philips and, you know, it's a licensed thing, but whatever. We'll, we'll continue. Uh, the company that manufactures the Philips Hue stuff said um, that uh, the original device simply didn't have the resources needed for continued development or something like that. And I don't... I don't know what that means because the statement was very short. I don't know what resources means. Does that mean there's only 16 people still using it? Or does that mean that, uh, that the hardware isn't good enough to support whatever thing is coming in April? You know, no idea. So that's annoying too, right? Cause they could just leave it right. And, you get the features that you get and then the new devices get new features. We see that all the time, right? We're older devices, uh, yep. um, with iPhones uh, great, or Android phones, you don't get the new operating system, 
but your email doesn't stop working. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is sort of akin to, to Pebble, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you bought a Pebble smartwatch. Um, I think they eventually came up with something where you could, you could use it without the cloud support. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a total brick, but. Yeah. And there were, there were third party projects. There were third party projects that were working on, uh, on making it so that you could use it third party. Um, and maybe that's what we'll see with the bridge. Who knows? Maybe another company will come in and put something behind it. You know, which it would be far from the first time that we've seen a company abandon a piece of hardware, especially a, a smart home piece of hardware where the open source or the third party community didn't go, Oh, we can bring that back to life. Could we even could, see it with games? Could Amazon or Google step in? I mean, potentially could Amazon and Go- or Google, but potentially, but it would be a little, there'd be licensing and weird things. Cause you're going to, you're essentially going to have to jailbreak the device. So the idea, you know, you're going to have to get around the built-in software. So uh, it's more likely to be mm. some aftermarket type thing, but you know, maybe oh. we'll see. It, it's not. It's never easy for a, a user to do uh, to put aftermarket it, firmware. It seems on, to but. me that for a lot of people, um, you know, Alexa, their Alexa speaker or their Google Assistant is the the hub for their smartphone for their smart home. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you could control it. You know, I think, you know, if if the cloud service isn't working, but but you can still control it via your smart speaker, then yeah, you pretty much have what you need, right? True, and that's and that's an important uh, an important aspect of it um, is that the um, when you're internal to your network uh, through the through the phone app, because the version one and the version two devices have different apps. Which brings me back to there's already two versions of the, the software, um, but you'll be able to open the V1 software and still be able to control it from your phone internally. You just won't be able to do it externally unless you have a VPN back to your home, but that's a whole different beast of a thing. Um, and right. the way Google and Alexa things work is they tend to make the calls to a server there might be a way to to get around it if you could if the if the thing reported as a server it's an interesting idea it's definitely worth <laughs> definitely worth looking into um but it's it's something that we see again you know the johnson controls thing was such a big a big product and it never went anywhere and uh this was a huge thing you know they were the Philips. He was kind of the originator of consumer LED bulbs, uh, especially for multicolor. Um, and you know, for the control units to start going away, I, 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 my guess is a lot of people are just going to upgrade to a to a V two. But then you've also got that whole uh, maybe I don't want to. So uh, at least with the V two, and this is important. At least with the V two. Uh, it adds uh, features like HomeKit into them so that uh, commands can be issued from external, from Apple direct to the device. 
which is very different. Uh, so even if they stop supporting this one in the future, um, some stuff, you know, Siri control and stuff like that will continue to work. So the V2 has a little bit more longevity than the V1. The V1 was out before any of these things existed. So it's not a surprise that it missed the majority of the technology. So it's un it's unfortunate, but it's kind of the, the industry we live in. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. Uh, when you're online, a great way to uh, to keep your browsing habits private, whether it be from Google and Facebook or even your ISP, is by using a VPN, uh, it obfuscates all of your usage. And right now, uh, PureVPN's got uh, a great deal, two years of service for $3.33 a month. You get all of the abilities of, a, of the VPNs, plus you get the ability to report your location. Uh, so you can use things like Hulu when you're out of town and things like that. And to find out more about uh, PureVPN uh, and to get this deal right now, you can go to pilchpoint.live slash PureVPN. So we talked earlier, Avram, that a lot of us are going to start seeing more remote work. Likely we've seen, we've seen concerts and trade shows and all kinds of stuff start getting canceled. It's, it's not unlikely that we'll start seeing work <laughs> getting canceled, right? Microsoft's already yeah. shut down one yeah, of their buildings. No right. Uh, didn't Facebook also say uh, employees should work from home? Mm -hmm. I think so. So obviously there are many jobs in this world that you cannot do that you cannot do from home um you can't you know cook food from home you can't um you know build a stage manufacturing or merchandise or you know perform in a play or, sure. or whatever from home there's a lot of there's um but there's a fair number of knowledge worker type of jobs uh that people can work from home and of course there are people who uh not only uh, not only do they want to work from home, they have to work from home. They have to work from home because if not, they would, um, you know, they're nowhere near the office or maybe they, maybe they work for a company that doesn't even have an office. So true. No doubt. Um, but for me, I'm one of the fortunate people in, um, in our, um, tech journalism industry who actually has a company that has an office that I can go into. And I do go in every, every day, barring, barring some kind of extraordinary circumstance. I usually, you know, maybe if I had to, you know, take, pick up, uh, my, my son from school, cause my wife couldn't do it or, you know, something like that, or I wasn't feeling super well, or, or I had a doctor's appointment around or near my house then yeah, I can work from home. But, um, but uh, you know, as um, the situation with the coronavirus gets worse, I think there's a lot of businesses that are going to follow the lead of, of some of the companies in, in Seattle uh, and say, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna like make it mandatory for our workers to work from home for a while or for workers who can possibly do their jobs to work from home for a while. 
Uh, so I wanted to sort of share some advice, uh, advice that I have from the days that I do work from home. And, uh, you know, as I said, I'd love to get other people's advice on ways to be more effective uh, when we're, when working from home. So some of the things that, you know, that are kind of obvious are you got to try and make your home environment as much like an office work environment as you can. Now, some folks are living in, you know, small spaces and they can't carve out a dedicated room or a particularly strong dedicated, you know, narrow dedicated space for home office. But if you can, then, then you should. And if that space is maybe, you know, a corner in, in your living room or something like that, then that's what it's got to be. But you got to try and carve out a space if you can. You also have to try and treat each day. You have to try and treat the schedule and method of going to work as you would if you were actually getting in the car or on the train uh, or on the bus to go to work. So that means put on, that means, you know, take your shower like you would put on your, put on your work, your nice clothes for work. Don't, you know, don't, don't work in your pajamas. Um, and, you know, have a good, have a good setup. You know, it obviously helps to have multiple monitors. The cost, if you only have, you know, this would help even in the office, but, um, you know, obviously having two or three monitors is, uh, is ideal. Uh, if not, if not more, uh, these days you can get a really good 24, 27 inch monitor for just over a hundred bucks. Uh, so, uh, it's not, it's not too late. Uh, if you think you might be, uh, forced to work from home soon to order yourself an extra monitor or two. Um, certainly, obviously, obviously make sure that your lap- computer supports that. <laughs> ah, well, that's what I'm getting to next. Ah. So a lot of people who are work, a lot of people, I would say most people who are working from home, particularly if you work for a, if you're not your own boss and you, uh, and you work for a company, they, you probably have a laptop that is probably your your work tool your work computer of choice and connecting your laptop to your monitors and your keyboard and your mouse uh, can be um, prohibitive particularly if you don't have the right wires so my advice is get a USB docking station um, you can get a USB docking station for for as little as eighty dollars, that will allow you to connect your lap your with through one connection, connect your laptop to your peripherals like your keyboard, mouse, and webcam, and to multiple monitors. Uh, and that way, all you need to do when you want to take your mon- take your laptop and 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 pick it up and take it to work with you once you get to get back to your office or you want to go to the coffee shop or whatever. Uh, is unplug a single wire. Um, it's ideal if your laptop charges over USB type C, uh, that you get a dock that does USB type C charging so that you don't even need to plug in a separate cord for power. You get both your power and all your data out over a single port. 
which is which is what I have here. Um, so so having the equipment, having the hardware, maintaining the time, uh, one thing that's a really big problem in working from home, and this is a problem for me, is distractions. Um, uh-huh. And one way to one way to deal with that is uh, is to make sure you limit distractions on the computer itself. So I have an uh, I have a Google Chrome extension I like to use called Stay Focused, uh, which is I think focused is spelled wrong. It's like F O C U S D. Um, Stay focused, and that allows you to set work hours and then block websites that you would be tempted to go to that are not part of your work. So you know, put in put in Facebook, put in Twitter, um, and uh, and it will it will block those for it will block you from from seeing them. And then when you try to go to them during work hours on your computer, uh, it will say, "Shouldn't you be working now?" You know, we're all ingenious at getting around that if we want to, because <laughs> you still have your phone. You could uninstall it. I mean, you know. But so at some point you have to exercise your own discipline but whatever you can do to to create that feel uh is important i also think have when you have meetings with colleagues trying to do them over video um try instead of uh just you know talking to people via instant message uh and you know if you can do video rather than just voice it definitely uh feels more like being with other folks uh, if like me, you have a family that you share your, or, or, or pets that you share your house with, you got to do whatever is in your power to keep them out of your workspace. And you have to be very, uh, you know, tough on them in terms of like, pretend I'm not here during the workday. Now I have to say, um, that's always a work in progress between me and, and my family because, you know, well, I'll have that talk and they'll still be not pretending that I'm not here. So um, uh, and that'll be, you know, a variety of things. It's either my son coming and knock on my office door when I'm in you know, the middle of working or me making the mistake of getting up to go to the bathroom and then or go get a snack. And then they're like, oh, hey, since you're up, uh-huh. you go do this. So, um, so you know, I think you got to do whatever you can to to put your foot down with family uh, about you know for when you're working from home. Um, it it is difficult, um, and I think another thing is just try and make your workspace as as um, as much like a real professional office as possible. If you can get a work style, a chair, a professional office chair, desk, you know, try to, you know, clean it up if you can. So it it looks more like you've come to a professional place, whatever you can do to get yourself in the hall, in the office mindset while you're at home, uh, is what is what you should do. Um, Obviously, work from home also uh, can also be used to say work from somewhere else, like a coffee shop. And if you're doing, and if you're not working on a network that you trust, like your home network, uh, for sure you should be using VPN. Um, 
to me so that uh, other people can't pick up on your work. Uh, you you know hacking into the Wi-Fi. So those are just a, a few tips uh, that I, that I have for work for working from home. I think really the key is, and at least this is a key for me, do whatever you can to minimize distractions and to make it feel more like you're in the office. Uh, you know by modifying your environment, mo- you know modifying yourself, putting on the clothes, and and you know, trying whatever you can do to, to prevent, uh, to prevent distraction. And, oh, excuse me. As somebody who has worked from home, uh, for, I don't know, when did we shut the sumo office down four or five years ago? Right. And so I've been working from home for that whole time. Uh, yeah, the transition can be difficult if you, if you're not, prepared for it if you don't have a plan in place um you know obviously i know you said have you know an extra monitor or two obviously my overkill of six is is its own thing i mean i'd like to have that (laughs) and if you count the the macbook that i use for xamarin builds i guess there's technically seven Uh, um it is it is a bit of a crazy setup but development sometimes requires that um because you know that that feeling that you're working with somebody right um you know for for years i have one screen that has been just for for uh my my business partner mark he and i would be on skype together basically all day as if we were sitting next to each other in the office and uh so one screen was just mark (laughs) and even if we didn't what? talk so to each other, that's very interesting. Even if we didn't talk to each other for most of the day, we were there. We had the connection open anyway, as if he was sitting at the desk next to me, which was the situation. You know, we worked together for uh, when did we start Sumo? Two thousand eight, I think. So you know, worked together for twelve years, six years at that point, seven years at that point. You know, you get used to being able to just lean over and go. Hey, what does this look like? And so we tried to keep that, and that helped. Oh, that helped a lot. That's that's see, I've 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 thought it's funny you mentioned that because I've talked about that a lot um, at work at mm-hmm. at the office where we I'm very fortunate that we have, um, you know, for for Tom's Hardware we have uh, maybe half of our staff. Uh, is in the New York office with me and then half are remote and work out of their homes. And we've talked a lot about the people who are working out of their homes. uh, What are they missing? And could we set up like a little telepresence uh, station where they like, you know, where we set up like, and I could do this maybe even with a Raspberry Pi, set up something where, they're just dialed in all day and they had like a wide angle camera and could see what we were doing and, and vice versa. And, uh, uh, the coworkers who at least work with me there in the office said, Oh, that would be terrible. It wouldn't work. Uh, it wouldn't work very well. They want the, they want that the, they will want their privacy. Not that the people who remote people and I, I, we got to the point of actually discussing whether they would be willing to do it. Um, 
you know, they want they want their privacy. It, it'll be annoying for them to hear all of the the noise that's in this office. How, so how did you deal? How did you deal with that? Uh, each of us were working from home. It was just one on one, so there wasn't any background. There wasn't any, and we both got the got dedicated space for you know. I've got a whole office set up. Obviously, you don't have a rig with seven screens just willy-nilly. <laughs> um, so, uh, and and Mark has that same home setup that's just workspace. Because uh, when you do it full-time, uh, having a place that you can walk out of and close the door at the end of the day signifies that the workday is over. Um, which yeah, that's, which that's is important was important is, for me. Yeah, it, it's important to have that space because then you also know when you're leaving that space. Right. So your day can end, your work day can end. There's no there's no mix of what is home and what is what is work. You have that ability to say work is done, close the door. And that was that was important for us. And so, you know, when we were when we're in our offices and you know, the day begins, we have our morning meeting, then we jump on, we jump on Skype together. We haven't in a little while cause he changed jobs. Um, but, uh, you know, have our morning meeting, jump on Skype, work together until the day was over. And then, uh, see ya and Skype. I, I imagine that there is a log somewhere in Microsoft of the bizarreness that was, you know, 55 hours a week of Mark and I with an open Skype connection. But <laughs> I, I imagine they, uh, they're they aware of us because it's got to be a weird situation. But uh, it, it worked for us. Uh, if, you, if you don't have that totally dedicated environment, it might be a problem. But, you know, having totally... Being dedicated space, there wasn't a privacy issue because the only thing that was happening in that space was us working. So, right. I mean, and and that's what I that's what I would kind of figure. But um, all I can say is I've I've really often admired, uh, you know, and these things cost like thousands and thousands of dollars and probably don't really make sense for what I would want to do. But telepresence robots, when people get a telepresence robot and they literally have like a little robot that can have their face on it and roll around the office. Um, you know, and it, if I'm not there and that, that's why I hate, that's the reason the most why I hate working from home is not just the distractions, but um, I feel like I'm missing something really important when my, you know, mm-hmm. that might be going on there. Now I won't feel quite the same if we're all working from home. Sure. Then we're all in the same boat. But, um, but uh, you know, if you could have a telepresence robot, that would be cool. But I think, obviously, that doesn't that doesn't scale. You're not going to put a robot in Mark's house <laughs> to sit next to him. Oh, that would be amazing, though. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of kind of love that idea. <laughs> although, although, did you ever see? And I'll leave it at this because I, I know we got other stuff to talk about. But did you ever see the movie Surrogates with Bruce Willis? I don't. I don't think so. Not not a good film, but <laughs> this whole situation with the coronavirus made me think about it. 
it's the near future and every and nobody leaves the house because they consider going out of the house too dangerous not because of a virus or whatever just people have gotten the impression going out of the house is dangerous so everybody has telepresence has robots that look like them that they control that they sit in like this thing that looks like a coffin that's like a vr and they just control their robot their robot goes to work their robot like sits next to people whatever and they're remote controlling the the very human looking robot all, all day long. Oh, I'm reading, I'm reading the synopsis on IMDb right now. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm as a lifestyle. It's probably not cool, but as a, as remote work, it would be awesome. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely an interesting idea. And you know, we see, we see the telepresence robots and things like that. It's yes, every year, you know, some of them big and elaborate and some of them are iPads on a stick, but you know, we, we've seen a whole variety of them. Um, I remember distinctly, uh, uh, Nick doing an interview, I don't know, five or six years ago with, I think it was a woman, uh, and he did it through the telepresence robot, which was a tremendous amount of fun. Um, but you know, we don't see them out in the wild very often, although they're they're starting to become mainstream enough that there's a Bob's Burgers episode about it. So, I mean, they're the concept is a little more mainstream today than it was, you know, six years ago, eight years ago when we did that interview. But well, definitely appreciate it. Um, and as somebody, like I said, who's done this for the last five or six years, um, you know, there's. There's definitely things, and those are all the things that I did when I got started to uh, to try and avoid the slump of, well, I'm at home. I guess I could also be doing laundry. No. Don't fall into that trap. You are at work. It. <laughs> um, so, like Avram said, the, the less distractions, the more like you can feel like you're in an office, the better. So, I... Uh, I definitely appreciate that, and I know anybody who's about to be working from home will appreciate it as well, Avram. And uh, are we gonna have are we gonna have content on this? I think so. I think we'll be. I think I'll have up some tips this week on Tom's Hardware about uh, about working from home, uh, and I'm still uh, working on it. So if anybody has any other tools particular i i, I want to you know obviously get look more at the at the tools angle sure uh that they need to work for uh that they like working from home i'd love i'd love to hear about it for sure so if you have suggestions uh if you're watching live let us know if you're not uh either find us on facebook at pilch point or uh tweet at plug Hits live with your ideas and uh we will uh we will make sure that they, they get incorporated. And as always, Avram, thank you, and I look forward to what we talk about next.
This week's Extra Life and F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game on PC and console are available from the Razer store. Whether you're looking for a keyboard and mouse like we use here in the studio, or you're looking for a full system like the, the Razer Blade laptops, you can find them all. Uh, and there's always new products coming out like um, the new Hammerhead Duo uh, earbuds or the Viper Mini uh, mouse and a whole lot more. And you can find all of that by going to f5live.tv slash razor. So obviously we talk about, especially from a conceptual standpoint, we talk about esports a lot because they have become a big part of the gaming industry. And um, that's a good thing. They've you know given birth to to services like Twitch and Mixer, both of which we use for our show, um, and and a whole lot of you know gaming specific hardware like we get from Razer. Um, but unlike what I would call traditional sports, um, they have some challenges that are very unique. Uh, in particular, the whole remote access aspect of it. The fact that for most games to be able to play against each other, there's a matchmaking server or something in the mix so that you can, uh, you can pair up and play against each other. Well, the companies that administer these competitions are trying to figure out how to deal with that because, you know, if there's no rules, you have the ability to go, well, we can't figure it out. We can't connect. I can't find him. And then you delay the game for however long. And that's not fair to the other people playing and all kinds of other things, right? So here's what happened this week. A, uh, a FIFA 2020 um, uh, qualifying competition had an issue where two competitors could not find each other uh, on the server to be able to start a game. Now, if it was Avram and I just going to play a game of FIFA 2020, uh, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. When you're talking in the professional esports realm, there's rules. And so the rule uh, from EA is that uh, within 20 minutes, if you're not able to connect, um, both parties will get a loss for the match. Um, so if you're in a, say a double elimination match, that's halfway to being out of the competition. So there's also a way to override that. And the way is before time is up, you can play a game of rock, paper, scissors and the winner wins. And that is possibly the, one of the crazier things that's, that's like um, being in the NFL and uh, you know Fox can't get one of their TV cameras to work, and so the coin flip decides the game. That's that's crazy. Um, because what is the rationale from EA for EA? Um, it was it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, on why it's why it's Rochambeau or why it's there in the first place. Yeah. Why is Rochambeau? Because it's both. I mean, it's their fault, right? And that's the thing. 
it's it's something that's completely out of the control of the competition. It's completely out of the control of the players. It's completely out of the control of the the tournament runners. And so, you know, it's that's that's why my NFL analogy isn't you know that one of the team's headsets isn't working because that's you know that's an internal thing. It, Fox's camera doesn't work. Oh well, I guess we're just going to flip a coin. That why Rochambeau? It's easy to administer. It's quick. It usually doesn't take more than two or three tries to for somebody to win. Um, but why? I mean, I understand why you've got to have a thing in place, right? So that it's not two people trying to delay the game. But I don't know. It seems crazy. It seems like the kind of thing that would be easy to test, right? That somebody from the staff could sit down and go, nope, you're absolutely right. We can't see. Neither person can see the other one. Let's get the next match running while we try to figure this out. That seems like the way it should work, right? But no, definitely not the way it works. It's crazy to me. So is this... um, So now... Was EA actually um, responsible for the tournament, mm-hmm. or are they, or are they just playing an EA game? No, nope. it is a, it is a one hundred percent EA sanctioned uh, competition. Yeah, so I mean, it's their responsibility, and so, and and if you really think that people should just be able to be eliminated because of a technical issue that is the publisher's fault, then why have this ridiculous system of rock, paper, scissors to decide who wins in that case, then, then they should both lose, but really they shouldn't be able to do this. Like EA should solve, should solve the problem. But if it's taking 20 minutes, what shouldn't tech support been, have been involved before then? You would think the the details of the situation are still pretty vague um, because the information on what happened is coming uh, mostly from the player who lost the the rock paper scissors, right? Um, and uh, he basically said he's done with the game now. Whether or not that will stick is you know another thing. You know, in the moment you can get get mad and want to break something. But, you know, two days later, you're like, all right, yeah, that sucked. Let's move on. Um, But, you know, he was mad enough that his, uh, his exact words were, I am done. And he tagged EA, uh, uh, both the EA sports FIFA account and the EA FIFA direct account uh, and told them I'm out. That's that's not a that's not a good thing for esports as they're trying to build their reputation. It's not good for EA as they're trying to hold on to whatever little reputation they've got left with FIFA kind of being the only the only game that people aren't constantly mad at at this point. Um and here we have 
them screwing up over there too. So it's, it's not good for anybody. Um, hopefully, uh, a better, a better process can be put into place, right? Because again, we're still in the birth years of this stuff, right? It's yes. Professional gaming has been around for a couple of decades, but not like the last couple of years. We're really in the birth, the birth phase of, of an actual economy of, of esports, uh, and so everybody's just trying to figure it out. You know, in the in the old days, if you were playing, you know, Warcraft two, you didn't have any of this because it was all local matchmaking. But uh, trying to deal with a thing where you're connecting out again, back to the benefits of the cloud, right? You're <laughs> you're connecting outside of your your controlled environment now. Now you've got all kinds of weird overhead over top of it. And they're just trying to figure it out. Uh, and they haven't, obviously they haven't. And I think that's the important takeaway here. They haven't figured out how to do it right. I don't think they ever thought this was going to have to come into play in all reality. Uh, and yet here we are. So hopefully they'll come up with something better for next time around. Cause uh, that sucks. This week's news from the Tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities like Lady Mobster. Uh, the way it works is for a couple of dollars, you download the MP3, play it along with your... DVD, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, wherever the movie happens to exist, and laugh. Uh, from time to time, they do live events. They have two of them officially scheduled now uh, for 2020. Um, the Kickstarter is still running, and uh, if you want to get some of the extra perks, it is running right now. Uh, and of course, there are short films as well. And to find out what short films, what feature films, and uh, what live events are coming, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. So we talked about the coronavirus and the pilch point. We talked about, uh, you know, that a lot of people are going to potentially be working from home. We already see Microsoft. We've seen, I think, Facebook. Uh, Google has, I think, one of their offices where they're encouraging the hourly workers not to come in. Um, but on the other side of things, we have the people who are trying to take advantage of the situation, right? You've got your online price gougers. You've got um, uh, disinformation and things like that. And so a lot of the tech companies who on one hand have spearheaded the work from home response are also um, responding directly uh to these problems and doing it in a pretty decent way. Um, the retailers, Amazon and eBay, um, you know, Amazon almost immediately uh, started taking listings down and uh, banning sellers uh, for, believe it or not, there were over a million coronavirus cures available on Amazon that they've taken down. Um, then they started taking down uh, inflated price products and uh 
and uh, banning those sellers as well. eBay followed suit by uh, seeing that there were there was price gouging going on in eBay, and so they went the extra step and said, uh, for right now, you cannot sell uh, face masks or hand sanitizer on eBay, period. Um, and then Amazon came back and said, all right, so the people who were price gouging, we are prosecuting. And they've been working with attorneys general all over the country to prosecute uh, sellers who, uh, the, the worst of the worst, the, the worst offenders, um, who were, who were price gouging on products. Um, Apple has gone so far as to pull apps from their app stores. Um, it, basically, any of the, the coronavirus trackers that are not from official sources uh, have been pulled because it was found that a lot of them were feeding misinformation or possibly disinformation, which is an important distinction, um, through the apps. And then uh, Facebook has updated its advertising policy that you cannot advertise medical masks on uh, Facebook anymore for right now. It's a temporary thing. Um, they don't want to push people to other sites other than Amazon and eBay that are price gouging. They don't want to, uh, to add to the hysteria um, by people paying to, uh, to make things worse. I think... I think all of those things are uh, are impressive and quick responses to uh, to threats that didn't exist uh, a week ago. What do you think, Abram? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're seeing a lot of companies do the responsible thing, which is great. Um, you know, they these companies don't always do the responsible thing. Sure. Uh, when it comes to other aspects of their business, so or. So uh, it's it's kind of uh, impressive to see to see to see what's happening uh, because you know there's going because there's a lot of misinformation out, out there and people are going to try and take advantage uh, and you know there's this like the mask situation I mean we I keep reading things that say masks don't the only reason to have a mask is if you're sick mm -hmm. and you want to and it may help you avoid spreading some uh spreading it is uh, help you sa save somebody else but um you know i see i'm seeing and may, a ton of people wearing masks may is an important aspect of it because the the masks that actually do something are essentially uh you are you're taught as part of your medical training how to wear them cuz they don't they're not easy right <laughs> They, you have to, you have to fit right. them just right to, to your cheekbones. And like, you don't just like put it on, like you see on, on ER or something. You're like, Oh, yep. Mask is on. Let's go. It's a, it's a process of making sure that everything fits just right. And, um, you and I don't have that training. Even if we had the right masks, we're not going to be able right. to wear them. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but you know, it's weird because you have a lot of, um, there's a lot of, you know, if you think it's just a few lone individuals who have that belief, uh, no, I mean, there's, there, I think 
so I was reading this week and it was really quite um, quite illuminating and, and kind of frightening um, an account from a company that is located in Shenzhen, China. Okay. And this was for like a, a Kickstarter and they were trying to explain they this company is coming out with like a speaker that teaches you Chinese or something. Okay. And they were trying to explain why the launch is delayed. And normally with Kickstarter, people don't explain or they come up with really lame excuses um, why their product's delayed. But in this case, the person running it wrote like a really long explanation of everything that is going on in that area, uh, which, by the way, is not the quarantine right. area. That's that's Wuhan. So um, he one of the things that he said was that they that like if you are aren't if you're out in public not wearing a mask you could get a fine mm-hmm. so i find that weird because we were just talking about how they they're not that helpful if at all and if this is if this account is to be believed in certain places in china you actually would get in trouble with a law for not wearing one yep it, it's crazy um yeah, it's yeah, it's absolutely I, I crazy. Mean, by the same by the same token, um, you know, we uh, at Tom's Hardware are keeping a list of all the shows that have been canceled, um, all the the tech shows that have been canceled, and one that at least as of last I checked hasn't been canceled yet is Computex. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Computex, uh, for those who don't know, I go to it every year. Is the trade show in Taiwan? Uh, and this year it's to take place the first week of June, which is still a couple months out. But uh, Titra, the company, the organization that runs the show, put out a very, um, I don't know, odd, disturbing statement, uh, I think, two weeks ago saying, right now the show is still on, but we will expect everybody to wear masks and we'll be and and we expect you to take your temperature or have your temperature taken, which suggests that they might, they might actually have somebody at the hall just going around taking people's temperatures. Um, I also read somewhere that in mainland China, which is not to be confused with with Taiwan, um, there that there are fast food restaurants uh, where they won't let you into the restaurant until they've like scanned you, scanned your temperature, um, but. That that's also sort of contrary to scientific evidence because you could you could be a carrier of the disease and have no temperature, mm-hmm. or you could have a temperature for some other reason. Um, sure. But you know, so there's just a lot of very simplistic uh, views, you know, of how to prevent this that that really don't hold up to to logical scrutiny. Yeah certainly these companies shouldn't be allowing people to profit off of them. For sure. And so it's good to see that companies, Amazon, eBay, Apple, Facebook, and a whole lot more uh, doing things, actively doing things to, uh, to, to prevent the, the, the spread of nonsense. Uh, uh, I wish, honestly, and I'm going to, I wish Google would follow Facebook's example here because I cannot tell you, 
since I wrote this article, how many uh, other tech publications I've been to that use Google ads that uh, I have seen uh, face mask ads through Google uh, today. It's been absolutely insane um, because it's picking up on the things that I was I was writing. Um, but I would very much like <laughs> Google to follow suit because uh, it's not better. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. If you've got a subscription, you know you get free shipping, sometimes same day, depending on what you're ordering. But you may not know that you get things like free music with Amazon Prime Music or free TV, movies, documentaries uh, with Amazon Prime Video. And of course, uh, free games with Twitch Prime. Um, in addition, you also get a free subscription on Twitch every month that you can use to help support the content creator of your choice. Uh, you could subscribe to Plug Hits Live and help us out or anybody else that you watch on a regular basis. Um, and if you're not a subscriber, uh, we've got a 30-day free trial plus links to find all of these features and a whole lot more, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So obviously, Avram, you and I have talked many times about the benefits of 5G and where that might happen. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of talk about it, and you know we we struggled in some cases to find, you know, where where some of the excitement was. Obviously, one of the main use cases that we've been able to talk about is the ability to. Uh, for some of the cellular companies to offer competing services to um, to what is oftentimes a, uh, a monopoly on internet service providers at your home or office, um, you know, for for me at home, I have one choice because my apartment complex has a has a deal with the local cable company. So even though there are technically three choices in my area, I can only have one. Um, so. You know, with 4G, we saw the 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 attempt, especially from uh, from Clearwire, uh, for home internet service, but it never went anywhere, and the company went out of business. Um, but then uh, with 5G, the actual stability, the the speed, the range are different than 4G was, um, and so there's the potential that it could actually uh, be a benefit, but. It's important to remember that it is a cellular connection still. And so, especially in testing, we're seeing some problems. And one of those problems is that the Hulu Plus Live TV doesn't work. So, if you're subscribed to Hulu with Live TV, do not sign up for one of these betas, one of these 5G at home tests, because you will lose that ability because it's still a cellular connection, and so far nobody has figured out how to report it as otherwise, and so uh, that feature turns off. It's not the only one. There are others, um, and in fact, uh, through T-Mobile, uh, T-Mobile is actually the one who put this out. Um, they've been testing their T-Mobile at home uh, in a residential area of about 50,000 homes, 
Um, and they have warned people that some streaming services, including the Hulu with live TV, will not work um, now and until maybe forever. So that's an interesting situation. Um, obviously, if, if T-Mobile were to figure out a way to report it as a home connection, uh, then we could probably just alter our Android phones to make the same report, right? And so all of a sudden the hotspot doesn't have the same limitation. It, it seems like there's going to be a problem that's not going to be particularly straightforward to fix, right? Well, I don't understand why this is any of Hulu's business. Uh, what, uh, what method of internet I'm using to access their service. What, what's their rationale for trying to stop, to stop you from using it with a hotspot? In Hulu's, uh, in Hulu's case, it has to do with licensing. Um, uh, I don't quite understand how the licensing works. I do remember that there was a, a period of time where um, Netflix on a hotspot wouldn't work either. Um, and I mean, that's aging it out many, many years. But um, Netflix always said that it was a, a licensing issue. Uh, and my guess is that it's the same thing now with the Hulu with live. Um, but I don't know a hundred percent for sure. Um, cause Hulu hasn't responded on the topic, uh, other than to say, uh, correct. <laughs> but yeah, they don't it's just weird because I mean, inter- it... I know internet is internet. Like what, I mean, they have other ways, like what license could it be? I mean, there's regional issues where, um, you know, I can't um, go and, you know, Netflix in in England and Netflix here have different stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can't go and use uh, the BBC iPlayer uh, because I'm not in the UK. But and people use often use VPN to get around that kind of situation. Um, but I don't understand how this would be a problem because you're using 5G is still like Hulu plus live TV is a U.S. or at least I don't know if it's all over the world, but there's certainly it's a U.S. service here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That, that gives you U.S. live TV. Yes. So you're not going to use T-Mobile's, you're not going to use a hotspot uh it can detect the look your your region unless you spoof it um and presumably any of the places that these people are using the 5g service they could also just as easily be attached you know dialed into a router Mm -hmm. that was you know and and that would be okay so if it was fine with a router why is it not fine with a hotspot, which is just another router? Uh, totally agreed. I, mean, I I'm a hundred percent with you. It's so bizarre, but it's it's not the first time that this has been the case. Um, in you know, in Netflix's case, it's it's been gone for a long time. In fairness, a very long time. Um, but I I remember trying to I, fire it up on a on a computer. With a hotspot in a in a hotel many years ago, and it's going, nope, can't do it. 
not on a hot spot. And uh, Netflix said that it was a licensing now, issue back then. So it's weird. Now, I understand some, you know, some apps on my phone, like, try to, like, warn me if I download stuff and I'm not on Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, sure. I try to download, um, if I try to download, like, for offline um you know, viewing, I yeah. try to download some like net, you know, Netflix shows and I'm not on, on Wi-Fi. I think I have to like give it permission or like, no, no, it's okay. I want to use my cellular data for this, mm-hmm. but they're trying to do me a favor right? Uh, to avoid hitting a data cap. Or if I had limited data, uh, paying extra for, for that data. Right. Uh, but you know, this looked like Hulu's doing, doing their, the end user a favor at all. No, not at all. And, you know, it obviously brings up two different issues. The first is, why in the world is Hulu not allowing you to do this on a, on a hotspot? Bizarre. Um, possibly licensing, possibly heavy-handedness. I, I don't know, because they haven't said why, um, but it is strange. And then it also brings up, you know, the possibility that you know, Hulu is not the only service that's doing this. There might be other things that are, you know, non-Wi-Fi or uh, hotspot. And, uh, you know, if you go with a service like this, you might encounter additional issues unless there's a way to uh, to make the router report as a, as a home device. And then once you do that, anything that exists is spoofable. <laughs> I think we all know that. And so we could end up, you know, so- just spoofing it. Yeah, I, look, I'm sure there's a workaround for this. For one, VPN would probably be a workaround for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume that VPN, they can't tell what type of you know, connection you have. Yeah, um, probably. So VPN would be one would be one workaround, but you'd have to have the VPN if you were using this with like a set top box. Right. Uh, I mean, on a doing it on a PC or a phone or, or a tablet. You could you could use VPN and that would be your workaround. Although, you know, if you want, you know, unlimited data and a and a really good quality VPN, then you're going to have to pay for it. That's that's right. additional money that you're spending to get this service that you're already paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, but, and not a small amount. Know, that's Hulu with live TV is not inexpensive. I think it starts at forty five. Right. I I do really wonder how they're even getting that data, um, you know, because I don't think it's in your user. I don't think it's in your browser user agent string. Uh-uh. So are they getting it from your IP or something? Um, I believe that it. I believe that it's reported actually, um, as part of the part of the handshake. I'm not positive on that, but I think that it is. It's not ever been anything I've cared I mean, about, I'm, but I think it is. But yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that there is a workaround for this, and they'll um, figure it out. the The service is still course, in beta. Um, but I mean, I'm sure there's a workaround for people who have it now yeah. and want to want to find their or or just have a five G or four G hotspot and want to use 
and want to use it that do what Hulu doesn't want them to do, I'm sure there's a workaround. A VPN would almost certainly solve the problem. But, um, you know, you overall, this is just a really poor policy to have. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, as, as the idea of home and mobile internet, you know, that line blurs more and more, you know, like I said, Clearwire tried to, tried to blur it a number of years ago, but it didn't very much, uh, the, you know, 5g is going to have that ability to blur it a lot more. Uh, and as that, as that comes around, maybe we'll see some of these things start to fall away. But for right now, it is what it is, I guess. And that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. Uh, if you didn't and would like to in the future, Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. And there you can listen live, you can watch live, you can chat with us in the studio, give us your feedback on the topics. For example, letting us know if you... Uh, if you have any ideas on what could make working from home an easier process for you, uh, you could let us know that. If you listened live and uh, would like to subscribe for the future, or you would just like to subscribe, you can go to plugkitslive.com slash subscribe and find all the ways to do that. Um, you can also find all of our social media from there. And uh, we'd, again, love to hear what you have to say about... Uh, suggestions on working from home so definitely let us know that um, a reminder that this friday we will be um, at the orlando first robotics competition regional uh, broadcasting live from there then sunday night we'll be back uh, in the studio like normal doing our show and so uh, if you can join us friday we would love it uh, that same link will get you there and so i guess with that on behalf of the staff that's not here i'm scott I'm Ibram. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.